Hello and welcome to the Power Switch, gaming's call-in talk radio show. My name is Peter Spezia, and today is May 5th, 2018. This is the 42nd episode of the podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We use Discord as a means to add and drop callers to talk about video games and switch the power that is found in a typical gaming podcast. You can join our server to participate during recordings at rhymeswithasia.com call. On today's episode, a new trailer for Red Dead Redemption 2 in our headline roundup. Our main topic is early Microsoft E3 2018 predictions, and then we will get to your calls if you are tuning in live on Discord. So good to be back here on this weekend recording. Seems we already have people lined up, ready to call in. So that is exciting. Uh, you know, the E3 2018 kind of early predictions episodes seem to be doing pretty well when it comes to views. Uh, not that I'm surprised. I'm kind of someone who scours YouTube for E3 2018 predictions rather early and see what people come up with. So I am glad to see that. But we'll keep the trifecta going today uh, with Microsoft before we you know, move on. And then eventually, gosh, it's going to be the contest for E3 2018 that we do here. Uh, so that will be really exciting. But yeah, very excited to kind of continue the almost like the sports call and talk radio format for games get you to call in. But we're going to start with what's happening this week in games with our headline roundup. We'll start with Nintendo making more news from their investor day, but also mentioning their E3 2018 plans. That leaves Sony as the last big company to confirm their E3 2018 presentation. Nintendo, of course, will go at that Tuesday noon Eastern time slot as they usually do with a video presentation. Beforehand, however, they've mentioned that they will have tournaments. So the Splatoon 2 tournament starts uh, on the Monday. They kind of have some opening round qualifiers. The finals will be on the Tuesday kind of later in the afternoon there because, of course, after the Tuesday presentation, they'll have Treehouse Live as they will for the next few days. After they kind of have the Splatoon 2 finals on that Tuesday afternoon, following that goes right into Super Smash Bros. for Nintendo Switch, that tournament there. That will all be very exciting to see, uh, you know, on top of all the other company presentations at E3 2018. But for this podcast group in general, uh, Smash Brothers is a special time, especially when the Smash hype is real. Uh, that could be possibly tied into news that Nintendo will make an announcement on their website this month, they say early May, uh, so maybe very soon, about their online plan, uh, you know, what the, the strategy will be, what the pricing will be, what they will offer. Uh, I'm sure they will have a video to go along with it, probably embedded into the website, but it's not like they're going to be making a special Nintendo Direct just for it. It's going to be one day out of the blue. We're going to see that Nintendo Switch online plans are confirmed. They're still committing to September 2018. Will that mean that Nintendo will say, hey, let's launch Super Smash Bros. Day in date with that? Uh, that would be very intriguing. Um, I think we'll have to wait for E3 to get that final release date and see if that is part of their plan. Uh, it all depends on how far along in development it is. Uh, but it would be good to see more of those plans. And then Nintendo also talked about that Nintendo 3DS plans to be sold into 2019 and beyond. Now we may groan and say, just move games onto Switch already. Like you don't have to keep rolling out new titles for 3DS. Like we've moved on to Switch. Aha, but the overall gaming populace has not yet, especially when they talk about younger players and try to get into that entry level into the Nintendo ecosystem for parents. Uh, you know, 3DS, 2DS, what have you, still an affordable entry point. So they are still talking about when Switch becomes more of a, you know, one per person device as opposed to a one per household device. That's when I think they'll transition fully. And, you know, maybe by then the 3DS is so outdated as it already is. I mean, that system launched in 2011. Like it's, it's already dated on attack front by those means. So you have to think you gotta, of course, with E3, they're going to be talking about Switch games. And even in their presentation, they say with the focus of Super Smash Brothers, of course, that does mean they'll talk about more games for Switch. So I'm glad that, you know, that seems to be the main focus. Um, but yeah, it's, it's still, they don't want to kill off 3DS 
in a way that maybe, you know, PlayStation didn't want to kill off Vita for so long, right? Some games will still come out for it, but they want it as a possible entry point to get people into a Nintendo ecosystem. So that is all super fascinating and certainly something we can talk about if you'd like to call in about that. But other headlines that have happened, big news this week, Red Dead Redemption 2 got a new trailer, kind of nailing down the time frame for this game, 1899. Uh, I guess it didn't occur to me necessarily, I mean, we knew for a while, yeah, this game is going to be a prequel to the original Red Dead Redemption, but I would have thought that was like late 19th century. Oh no, apparently Red Dead Redemption was 1911 when we were talking about where that game took place as far as what year it was. So this is 12 years earlier. Of course, this is about the Vanderland gang, which John Marston used to be a part of. And John Marston makes a couple appearances in this trailer. He's kind of shown at least in a, a sort of knife point neck grip there. He still has his, his face scars that have some stitches there. I mean, that's at least one appearance there. I'll post in the show notes, Polygon has an interesting trailer breakdown there. Uh, if they have John Marston speak at all, you know it would be key to bring back at least someone who can emulate the voice well. There's a whole, uh, you know, past articles where, you know, the actor who played John Marston so well, uh, you know, back in you know, 2010 for Red Dead Redemption, like that was his 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 big break, and then he never really got back to acting in the video game industry. Uh, so at least hopefully someone can emulate his voice rather well. Uh, but yeah, so that that's going to be a very interesting game to see how that develops. You know, it's it's hard to tell what is a cinematic, what is gameplay. I'm sure they showed a, a couple shots that you know look gorgeous, but we haven't seen the full gameplay. Rockstar is kind of known to say, "Hey, we're gonna gonna roll out some video later." That's like, here's all the things you can do in Red Dead Redemption Two. So I mean, I'm sure that'll come out in the months leading up to it, but uh, that could be a possible game of the year contender. By, uh, when it's all said and done for 2018. Ikaruga is coming to Nintendo Switch on May 29th. This is the the legendary bullet hell shooter where there are two colors of bullets and your ship can change between colors. Uh, always kind of a, a very top-down sort of style game with a vertical screen, which makes it perfect for Nintendo Switch when you can have the screen be oriented vertically. I don't know how they make that work with like a kickstand if that can support all that weight, that would be something interesting to see, but that would be a great way to play that game, I think, is have the Switch be vertical and then you have the Joy-Cons disconnected, what have you. But good to see that classic coming to Switch on May 29th. Star Wars Episode One Racer, uh, another <laughs> classic of old, you know, originally on Nintendo 64. I I think it might have been on Dreamcast, though, don't get me wrong. But originally, I know most people remember playing it on N64, but it's coming to PC. Originally, uh, just now, it's on uh, GOG. So go get that there if you're excited for the return of Episode 1 Racer. Beyond Good and Evil 2 showed some pre-alpha footage. Uh, it is nice to see that something is at least functional for that game, you know, a year out after that surprise E3 2017 reveal to end the Ubisoft show. So go check that out. That exists. Uh, and then unfortunately, some some sad news as John Bain, also known as Total Biscuit, uh, Cynical Brit, is retiring as a game critic. Uh, this is due to his liver cancer issues, a lot of just health problems. Uh, just really kind of sobering to see him and his team make a you know a long post just kind of detailing what's going on and uh, it's when someone has to say that you know this may be the last health update you received to me and have to start considering what their uh, their plans are if they do not have long left to live uh, it's it's just really really tough to see for for uh, you know a kind of an icon in the online space for you know video game commentary uh, you know think what you will about him, but he has established a brand uh, really with him and then his co-optional podcast. Uh, it sounds like he is trying to transition things so that his his wife is going to take over the mantle for co-optional and she's been doing YouTube streams and all that. Um, but yeah, that's that's really tough. You know, send your thoughts to him and his family as, uh, you know, a couple years ago, he mentioned that he was going to be off social media for a while as he continued to fight this, but it, it sounds like things are, are nearing the end of the road there so that's that's really really sad to see and you know we we you know want to wish all the best to him and his family 
it's hard to transition out of that. I know, but uh, let's get to our, our main topic. And so we talked about uh, these kind of early E3 2018 predictions. And so for the podcast that I've, I've done in the past and for this show, I like to come up with 50 yes or no questions where kind of thinking about the talking points and how we are kind of thinking that E3 is going to go, you know, kind of presenting these hypotheticals and will this happen by the end of E3, yes or no. So we did these for Nintendo, we did these for Sony. Of course, these can change before our contest officially starts. There are a couple weeks to go. The video game industry can change, news can happen. So I wanted to kind of close the trifecta of what we've already done here to kind of, with the revitalization of this podcast and what we've chosen for main topics for the first couple episodes here, let's talk about Microsoft and the Xbox brand today. Number one, will a brand new first party intellectual property be announced. I think at the end of the day, it really is dependent on what Microsoft's strategy is with first party games, right? Uh, they can bring in all the third parties that they want. They can throw marketing dollars, or maybe they are starting to hole up and starting to plan for the next console beyond the Xbox One uh, brand overall. Yes, they had you know the One X, and that's super powerful. But as these companies are starting to formulate over the next couple of years, whether it's holiday 2019 or into 2020, what their next generation plans are. Uh, you know, do you start kind of holding some of your cards back to have a very strong launch there? Uh, so that's going to be really the key for Microsoft this year, of course, is where where are the first party games? What is their first party studio situation? Phil Spencer likes to talk about how we need to kind of build and invest in these studios, but we've compared it in the past and it still rings true today. You know, you look at Sony's first party library and it's an impressive bevy and collection of studios and their respective PS4 games. Microsoft, you have 343, you have The Coalition, you have Rare, um, and then, you know, Turn 10 as well. But what else is really beyond that? I mean, after you've you closed Lionhead, you closed a couple other you know studios. So, what is that situation? That's going to be the key this year. So we'll, I mean, that's that's going to be really the brand new first party intellectual property. Something new beyond the Halo, Gears, Forza, all that. Will that happen? Similarly, number two, will Halo 6 be revealed? You know, not necessarily for this year. I think even if we just see a tease, almost like the the big machine guardian chief in the desert sort of video just just to say yes we're working on it yes this is the plan for concluding our second halo trilogy because as disappointing as halo 5 may have been on a campaign front they did have several story threads that they need to close that loop on you could say maybe it will be a Halo Battle Royale for this year. And that's how Microsoft is going to try to get into the Battle Royale craze. And what, you know, first person shooter property would better work for that than Halo. So maybe you say, oh, 2019 for Halo 6. And maybe we're, uh, we're saving that for our next console. But will a trailer of that game happen? Number three, will an all new Gears of War or Fable game be revealed? I think if you ask me, I think Gears of War 5, it makes sense to show a trailer. I mean, we're a couple years removed from 4, and they, again, have story threads that they can continue. Fable is the interesting one, though. If you thought about, you know, different uh, rumors at the start of the year that, you know, someone's working on Fable 4, like, would that be a reveal for an E3? Is that real at all? One of those two happening would make this a yes, so we'll have to see. Number four, will Crackdown 3 receive a specific release date? Ah, yes, Crackdown. The, from the age of the cloud technology to, oh yeah, it's, it's a thing here again. And then it's kind of gone a bit in the ether. Is this going to be another showing of Crackdown 3? And maybe is Games Pass going to be you know tied into it? Uh, that would be certainly interesting. Uh, but a specific release date, will that happen at E3? Number five, will a racing game specifically titled Forza Horizon 4 be announced? So if we're talking about the trade-offs each year for Forza games, this would be a Horizon year. Thus, it would be Forza Horizon 4. However, it's a question of do they mix up 
the naming convention or is something else planned? Uh, some people think maybe it's in Europe this year or maybe the game is in Japan. Maybe it's a bit, you know, Fast and Furious, Tokyo Drift-like. Um, whatever it is, I'm sure it will do well for them. Uh, but yeah, will the, the Forza game this year be Horizon 4? Number six, will Below and Ashen be shown during the conference? Now, these are indie games that, you know, the, the Xbox Indie Initiative like to prop up. I think, gosh, even as far back as 2013 well, was when we first saw Below and then maybe Ashen was a couple years later. Well, Below we've now seen on the PAX East show floor. I, I went and saw that and that seems like it's coming together really well. But for both of these games to be shown during the conference, that'll be a, a pretty, pretty tough order. You know, games that have been shown long ago and hopefully are further along in development. But if they want to have that indie push, those would be two titles to show for sure. Number seven, will an old rare property be rebooted in some fashion? So I think the last time we had this kind of question, it was talking about, oh, here are these other possibilities. But Killer Instinct seemed like the possibility at the time, and it was. But now uh, people are seeing different things kind of circulating and they're wondering about Perfect Dark. Perfect Dark seems to be the front runner of if a rare property is kind of being revitalized, it would possibly be that. Some people, of course, like to throw out Banjo-Kazooie and that would certainly be a, uh, a big megaton there. But Rare could say, hey, you know, we're, we're still laying low. We're still trying to work on Sea of Thieves. We're trying to push out more content for that. And we don't have anything this year. Could be entirely possible as well. Number eight, will Minecraft be mentioned during the conference? You know, last year it was see Minecraft in 4K. And it's like, it's still cubes at the end of the day. You do realize this, right? Um, you know, My Minecraft, they paid a couple billion dollars for it. I think it's one of the biggest games still in the world. You'd probably have to show it in some capacity, but the question is what? Or they could surprise us and say, again, we're, we're gearing up for you know big things from Minecraft and we have nothing to show this year. So also possible. Number nine, will online multiplayer capability be permanently included with a Game Pass subscription? Of course, this would be a bombshell announcement to make. They did run a promotion though. And of course, this is saying that the Xbox Live Gold functionality, we'd be merged into Xbox Game Pass. Um, it's all a matter of the calculations on Microsoft's end. Do they make more money from people saying $10 a month and either using it or forgetting they have it and having things lapse and go over month to month? Do they make more money that way or everyone saying, yep, $60 a year, lock it in guaranteed? Of course, you know, when you do $10 a month, that's $120 a year. That's kind of doubling that. But of course, people can say, ah, you know, I want it or I don't want it this month or just kind of check in there. I'm sure they're doing calculations. It may be a bit early to tell, and especially when they had this, you know, kind of trial period where they're seeing, are people going to jump on this and say, hey, you know, try, try Games Pass for free, you know, for one month or have a you know, gold kind of include Games Pass for a month. That would be really big to see, especially if they're trying to go with the, you know, all of our first party games are launching on Games Pass day and date, as they've already announced. Um, that seemed to work well with Sea of Thieves, though Sea of Thieves have already lost half of its player base from that, right? So, you know, a big initial hit, get a lot of people trying the game, but are you retaining all of those players? A lot of calculations to be made on Microsoft's end, but it would be big if they made this news. And number 10, will virtual or augmented reality be mentioned during the conference? Of course, Microsoft has HoloLens. They've talked about partnerships with Rift and, and things like this. But the last time they kind of showed it at E3 was the Minecraft uh, demo with, you know, zombie pigmen and all of that. Remember, remember that and how great that demo was? So it may still be too early, especially on HoloLens. They have, you know, dev units out there. They're trying to get the word going for that. But that may be something that I think would be saved for the next console generation. Could still happen, though. It just takes a mention. So those are kind of where I am right now with these kind of 10 thoughts about 
Microsoft at E3 2018. Of course, subject to change before our you know big contest starts in a few weeks at the end of May. That'd be really exciting. But that's what I have to say. When we come back, we will get to the callers. You can either talk about any of the headlines, any of our you know main topic questions or points here, uh, games you've been playing, or anything else you'd like to talk about. It's all open there for you. That's when we come back here on the Power Switch. Welcome back to the Power Switch. Got a few callers lined up. Let's get ready to talk about Microsoft, E3, and all sorts of topics. Joining us from New Jersey, Matt, welcome back to the Power Switch. How are you? Hey, I'm doing about as well as, as someone with a bunch of allergies can be doing in the middle of, uh, in the middle of spring. I think that's about all we have to say. I've, I've, been, I've been sneezing. I've getting the itchy eyes going. It's, it's about that time of the year. But good to have you back on the show. Glad to have you calling. What would you like to talk about today? So I think uh, Microsoft's got a unique problem that they've that they've got to fix in the industry with their exclusives. Mm-hmm. Um, so Sony and Nintendo both have very strong exclusive properties lately, and Microsoft not only is not known for a lot of exclusive uh, IPs right now; they pretty much just have uh, Halo and Forza, mm-hmm. and Forza doesn't really have a lot of appeal in the general gaming community as nearly as much as some other games. But not only do they only have those couple series, they also have the promise that all of their games are going to be not only for Xbox One, but also for Windows 10. Right. Which, you know, as a PC gamer, I appreciate that a lot, but it makes a big concern for them as a, as the Xbox uh, brand. The Xbox console has kind of an uphill battle to fight because when you put all your stuff out on PC, you know, the PC gamers are going to are gonna be buying your games, but they're not going to be buying your console. And the console gamers, there's just not much there for them. You know, they've got... You know, Microsoft probably has the, the best offerings as far as services go mm-hmm. because they've done a lot to really make the Xbox One a good console. But it's the opposite that really matters because Sony is the one that's killing it right now. And I think that... Personally, I think Sony has a lot of problems with their offerings and service. I, I think... The operating system for PlayStation is pretty bad, um, and the, their feature set is taking forever for them to get at like decent functionality. Like they only added folders on the on the main menu like last year, right? And the main menu is still a mess in my opinion. And in PlayStation to- now, I mean, you dump so much money in that, and Microsoft's killing it in backwards compatibility. Yes, but when it comes down to it, more people are buying PlayStation because PlayStation has the better games. Mm-hmm. So Microsoft can have the best console that they want, but they're not, they're not bringing the games along with it. I don't particularly care to buy an Xbox because they've promised all their games will come to, to PC. And they've put themselves in a really awkward position there because they can't really walk back on that promise because then they lose the, P, the PC market in a big way. Mm-hmm. And I, also, I definitely don't think they want to do that. So th- I think what they need to do, and I'm not really sure how they would do this, but they need a way to get the third parties... Uh, on board because third party games, you know, the, that come from EA, Ubisoft, they need to court those games into wanting to develop either exclusive games or console exclusive games for Xbox. Yeah. There's a certain extent of the market that just will not go PC. So you don't necessarily need full exclusive games for them, you do just need the console exclusives. But it's the games that Ubisoft, EA, Activision, all of them are making that can make a big difference in a console purchase. Because if you're not a PC gamer, then you you know you're you're still going to be playing those games on console. So if Microsoft can manage to get in some big games from the third parties that will not be going to PlayStation, they could get a real foothold in the market that we're not seeing right now. And I I don't necessarily think we will be seeing that at Microsoft. Like I was kind of saying earlier in in the chat that I don't necessarily have any predictions for what I think Microsoft will be doing. But I kind of do have these ideas on what I think they should be doing. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I see they should be doing right now. They should be trying to court the third parties so that they can have a good representation on their console to compete with Sony and not have to walk back on their promise of all of their games coming to PC. And I think the only way they can do that is to leverage the 
4K gaming Xbox One X angle. And I don't think I've seen any you know sales stats that they're not boasting about it. Certainly, I'm sure it's done fine enough for them as far as Xbox One X console sales go. But I don't Microsoft think it's actually stopped reporting the their sales for Xbox One back in 2014. Right. It's when they get trounced so mightily, they don't want to say, oh, yeah, we're we're down two to one uh, overall for PS4 and Xbox One. But I do wonder if, you know, the the 4K entry with Xbox One X is a significant enough market disruption that they are courting some of these third parties. I mean, because, of course, we did see with Rise of the Tomb Raider, uh, Square Enix tried to, you know, have an exclusive game there for a while. It didn't work out so well. They brought it to PS4. They got some more games or some more sales there a year later. Um, but overall, it's it's we see clearly that when they're bringing Shadow of the Tomb Raider for this year, they're bringing it multi-platform again. So clearly they didn't want that relationship there again. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, the only way Microsoft can leverage it is we said it's it's with 4K and I don't know if that's a big enough difference. And I think with, with Tomb Raider specifically, I think that franchise is something of a B franchise right now. Mm. It's a series of good games and it has a lot of very passionate fans, but it doesn't reach quite the wide market appeal that you would need to leverage purchases for Xbox. Right. Right. I'm a little surprised by, you know, there hasn't been much sizzle about it. I mean, they had that new trailer rollout and you just don't have people really talking about it. It's I'm a little surprised that way, but maybe we'll see when September rolls around and it gets closer to release if you know that has any pickup there. Back to uh, the PC market and all that. I think it's going to be really interesting to see when the Halo announcement is made to say, yep. Halo to PC, officially supporting it. Another big hurdle there, uh, they have to embrace Steam. I think if you if you say that, oh, we're just going to be very insular and it's going to be only on Windows 10 Store, I think you kind of lose the battle there. The Windows 10 Store has a really awful reputation mm-hmm. for... it's. It is basically games for Windows Live. Right. It's rebranded, but it is pretty much the same system in a lot of big ways. And games for Windows Live was famously really bad. Mm-hmm. So I I think it's not impossible for them to get a decent market showing on the Windows 10 store, but I don't think that if if they try to go against like Steam and Origin and GOG, it's just not going to work out for them. Yeah, it's it's a tough, tough competition there. I do wonder if they're really building up for an Xbox 2 or whatever you have it. Like if you're going to really build up the first party stable and really hit it out with a bang there, I... You got to think the next generation here. I think this is lost here. Kind of stay the course with, you know, sequels that you are expected to release here for this generation, but uh, they got to really build up for the next generation, try to take it there combined with their Games Pass and get that rolling. Yeah, Game Pass is a pretty good idea overall. We've seen a lot of services pop up where it's like, you know, just pay a little bit of money every month and you'll get full access to games for no extra costs. We've Humble Bundle's doing it, although a little differently with the permanently own it. Mm-hmm. Or Origin does it, and uh, it's a good, it's a really good way to get people talking. But they've got, they also have to flesh out the service a lot, which kind of goes back to them needing a, their own strong games. Uh, I think they were kind of counting on Sea of Thieves to be a big one, mm-hmm. but ultimately just kind of fell flat. There are some people that really very much enjoy it but when i when i tried out the the game i got the same feeling as no man's sky Mm. and i know i'm not alone in that so yeah that was kind of like their one big release that they had planned out so far this year so if they don't have anything else in the pipeline to really make up for it god knows what happens from here yeah i mean they're they're starting to talk up state of decay too i mean some influencers got previews for that but that really seems like a game like yeah if you play the first one and you like it you know you'll play the second but that doesn't have the big appeal and heaven knows what happens with crackdown so a lot of things to talk about it's you know very good discussion matt thank you so much for calling in and we'll, uh, we'll see you next time very well joining us from texas disco welcome to the power switch how are you Howdy, I'm doing great. I'm glad to be here. Well, thank you so much for tuning in and listening. It's great to have you. What would you like to talk about today? Well, I'd like to talk about some predictions that I have when it comes to Microsoft E3. Mm-hmm, yeah. And it seems to be rather a kind of a vocal point, of course, since that we're practically on the podcast yeah, yeah. <laughs> in our own starting point. So uh, let me begin by saying that I don't 
think uh I do think they're gonna be a, a brand new first party. Um, but I don't think it's gonna be here this year mm. because they have specific things, Microsoft, matter of fact. They like a catering to the trending of the young generation. We already know them, the kids who like to follow the favorite YouTubes of PewDiePie and Markiplier. Sure, sure. They, they, yeah, they, we already know them. We already know them pretty well. We see them all the time. They're the ones that the parents with the most high buy-in that comes in. And so they're probably going to just sit back and look what their competitors are going to do so that way they can understand kids much more better. That's my that's my own view because I kind of see how that kind of works around because they did try to do that with connect and that looked like that, that failed mm, <laughs> pretty yeah. horrendously. Right. <laughs> well, all in all new gears of war fable game be revealed. Fable will probably be revealed. <laughs> mm-hmm. I've been seeing a lot of posts and the people are, are seriously up in arms for another fable because we're in the new generation of Xbox one. And because of that, we will want new fable. We want new fable. We want a diverse area, especially now that we're more diverse than we ever been in years. We have people from different countries and, and different genders and different areas and kids from ages two to the 12 years old are now learning about past video games. So we are probably going to have a very diverse area. So we'll see more fable and rather gears of war. And honestly, that sounds like a good thing because Fable was much more, I'm not saying it was more popular in the Gears of War, obviously, but it was more connected to the game, to the gamer at heart because during Fable, you had more customization. Yeah, if that um, happens, it'll be interesting to see who takes up the mantle. Uh, you know, of course, they killed Lionhead, but the thought is that Playground Games would be the one to uh, be working on a new Fable game, and they've worked on Forza Horizon. So, like, they kind of know the idea of an open world, but, you know, I guess, you know, trade out a car for a horse or what have you, so. <laughs> and you might even have wagon racing at that Right, point. right. I would love to see that. There's, I can already think of new ideas coming out of nowhere. Um, Crackdown 3, I should expect it from in 2020. Mm, I'm not holding my breath, however. They're hard to locate and hard to deal with when it comes to these type of games. They're so put in into storage when it comes to developers that no one wants to talk about it. They want to talk about the new area and rather focusing on Crackdown 3 or, or another rare title. It's so weird when it comes to these kind of games. So Honestly, I'm hoping it will come this year, but at the same time, I'm skeptical because this is Microsoft. They're known to jank, yank our chain for five seconds and say, <laughs> you thought wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, know, I know they uh, mean well behind Crackdown, but there's got to be a really good well, like developer story behind it, like kind of the behind the scenes look. There's got to be a really good story there for a journalist to tell. Yes, and I don't, I just don't see me father for it i just don't hear any noise coming from that kind of crowd Mm -hmm. and that's sad that really is because they both were good great games so i'm i'm hoping it but once again games are now becoming to the medium that we are heading for where they're related to media and i really want to see where this crackdown wants to go to yeah especially when they talk up you know a a games as a service and all things like that i'm sure that would be a kind of game where as you mentioned before like they can put in microtransactions and, and things like this it's one of those many great mysteries. Uh, will an old rare property be rebooted in some fashion? Yes and no. Mm. Yes, as in they'll probably take some form of rare property that they've actually been worked on for a long period of time, such as Conquer's Bad for a Day. They might be working about that for another version of that as well. And no, they'll probably will be working on themselves and keeping it much more closed and shut and closed because it's rare we're talking about here. And rare is like a dog with a chain leash to their post, which is called Microsoft. Yeah. Microsoft can let them go at any given time. At the same time, they can just grab the pup and put them back in this <laughs> leash. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it is that, that, and that. It is. Mm-hmm. We're thinking of different, uh, uh-huh. you know, properties there too. I mean, Battletoads is also right there. They had uh, rash there for killer instinct. They had, you know, Phil wearing oh, t-shirts. Yeah. I mean, gosh, you, you think of all the ones that are possibly a yeah, Battletoads could be up there too. I'm hoping it is Battletoads, however, that maybe Rare will prove us all wrong, that they're not going to be silent 
Uh, will Minecraft be seen at E3? You betcha. Mm-hmm. Knowing Minecraft, my girlfriend's even in love with Minecraft. Like, dude, she is, <laughs> she just got finished talking to me about modding Minecraft. You know what they're going to do? They're going to bring up Minecraft once again. They said, this time we're going to let you do more stuff to it. And it's just going to supply and demand. Because if my girlfriend, who's 20, and she's having a great time with it, is playing this game, nine times out of ten, like any kid, including my younger sister, will enjoy this game. Mm-hmm. It's bringing a diverse area of kids. They're never going to stop milking that thing. That thing is probably going to be around since 2040. Then it'll say, Minecraft 2, except yeah. now you can play as the dragon. Oh, my God. <laughs> That'd be crazy. Now, I do wonder how, like, if they've already passed that 2 billion point. I have to imagine they have. Like, it seemed crazy at the time. It's like you're buying it from Mojang from, for $2 billion. But for how they've been milking it, and you know, they've been doing well with it. I'm sure they've made that up and then some. It's at the point where, where we're stocking it over at Academy and where we see more Minecraft than actually sports sometimes. Mm. And this is crazy. Wow. It's like, yeah, you you know this is going to be one of those big greats. Uh, will online multiplayer have a game pass? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, they will. They are a company at the end of the day, and things are still up in the air. But it would make, actually, some big stuff if it was just $60 per year. I mean, I can see myself paying like, oh, it's just 60 bucks per year? Okay, well, here you go. And no one can just cancel it out. Just buy that pass and boom, you're there. Right. And passes are better than the excruciating economical exchange of, oh, well, I can cancel it at any time and get my money back. Because you can't screw over a business guy if he's been screwing out more people than ever. It's just at that area where we're at the point where Yep, they're probably going to be rich and just use uh, 60 per year. And knowing people, they will buy that 60 per year. Oh, yeah. So there's also that. Yeah. I mean, uh, seeing it with uh, Amazon Prime and things like that, absolutely. And I, I think you make an interesting point where if Microsoft really wants to make any disruption in the game industry, and they certainly wanted to at the start of the Xbox One generation with the you know the digital titles, like this is the way to do it. Try to get people buying games this way instead of necessarily at retail and things like that. It will definitely shut down a lot of GameStops if they actually know what they're doing right. when it comes to it. Like, hey, if you buy the digital art pass now, we'll have Halo 1 and 3 and a bundle. Oh, gosh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's entirely possible. I mean, GameStops are becoming like half Funko Pop stores anyway, so, you know. <laughs> True. <laughs> and nerd-based yeah, culture. Yeah, In the store you see on the right, it's more of a hot topic nerd store than it was the gaming yes. store. It's yeah, sad, but unfortunately that's the way sad, it's going. But I can't wait for the future. My hope for Microsoft, I, I really am optimistic at the same time, pessimistic. Mm. So, so either way, uh, here's to Microsoft, and I hope uh, that will definitely take care of it. Yeah, I mean, there there's a lot of hype this year for E3 2018 as a whole. But Microsoft, like, there's there's definitely some interest. To, uh, what are they going to do? How are they going to move in the industry? And I think it's definitely going to be something to watch. Well, Disco, thanks so much for calling in. Really appreciate the time. You have a great day, all right? Hey, thank you. You too. Be safe out there. Thank you. Will do. And joining us from Michigan, Miles, welcome to the Power Switch. How are you? I am doing just fine. Always happy to be on any one of your shows be at this point. Yeah, it's, uh, it is good to have you. Of course, you know, long time Show Me Your News veteran. Uh, from a co-host there long long time we've known each other for for years now and it's it's good to have mm-hmm. you call in this format we got to have you on as a as a co-host one of these days you know when it's when it's fitting but good to have you call in what's up well nothing too much i just saw like you were doing the microsoft one and back in the show me your news era i was known as the microsoft guy yes you were having the only xbox 360 as one of my consoles because i certainly didn't have anything going on with the Wii, and I never owned a PS PlayStation until the PlayStation 4. Technically, I had a PS2, but I won that for Burger King. <laughs> so I feel a little bit out of place when I say I'm pretty sure Microsoft's going to shit the bed. It's entirely possible. It could go one or two ways, and that's it's a fair I, I prediction to make. See, I see the point of saying it could go one or two ways. I do not feel like that could happen. I don't think that in ever any way, this conference is going to change how I feel about Microsoft. But nothing they've done the last three years has made me feel different about Microsoft. Hmm. Now, the Game Pass is something I've only just started to look into. Like, 
I heard about it. I'm like, well, that's probably going to be horrible. But as it's come in through and through Sea of Thieves, I'm like, oh, they actually might have something here. Yeah, it's definitely appealing to say, you know, I can play a $60 game for just 10 bucks right now on launch day. It's an appealing prospect. It is. However, I will raise you that um, Blockbuster did that. <laughs> uh, uh, that was cheaper. But, you know, big budget, super exclusive games generally don't fall like seven in a month, which right. is something you can kind of do in Games Pass. But, like, there are big triple A's that are going to jump on Game Pass. It's probably only going to be about four or five a year. Yeah, not too many. If that. So you're thinking to yourself, oh, I'm paying $10 a month. It's 120 Well, I could have gone down to, you know, Blockbuster family video for people here in the Midwest. And, you know, who knows what else out there. Um, you know, your video game rental stores. And, you know, I went and got... Halo 3 from my family video uh, the day of we picked it up for one night for four bucks Hmm. beat it in four hours and then handed it back the next morning but honestly I think we're going to see Halo and I think they're going to try to make it their biggest thing you know the end of conference we didn't talk about Halo we've got one more game to announce Mm -hmm. is going to be Halo if not Halo, because they might lead with Halo, because come on, it's Halo. Um, I think I have not played the fourth installment, but I think they'll do that for like Gears of War 5. Yeah. Because, you know, 4 came out and no one's really talking about Gears of War 5. It's better than talking about Gears of War Judgment, I'll tell you that. Much. <laughs> uh, yep, it's spot on. So the idea, the thing is uh, that I wanted to kind of come into for this is that when I was th- looking at the E3 and I was looking at Microsoft, I realized that I did not watch microsoft's conference last year hmm. like i was thinking about it i'm like i think i saw the nintendo direct and i remember giving ubisoft like five minutes of my time and i was going through and i'm like i don't think i cared enough about microsoft and then i realized what do they do anymore yeah what are their first parties what are their first parties what are their first party titles what are their actual exclusives that don't come out for windows uh as well so I know they're trying to kind of merge those two properties. So everyone thinks, you know, Microsoft for Xbox is just like same as getting them for Windows, like Ori in the Blind Forest and, uh, you know, Minecraft, I guess. We'll but, totally see um, Will of the Wisps, the, the Ori sequel. We'll throw that mm-hmm, out there. We'll yeah. totally see that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Totally seeing that. But I was going through it in my head. I'm just kind of like with PS4, I can immediately think of certain hard-hitting PS4 games. You know, Bloodborne, God of War. Oh, just, yeah. you know, we've got here, we got these huge, heavy hitters that you're just like, that's the PS4 brand. And then, you know, you got Nintendo, obvious heavy hitters. Their brand is, you know, as solid as you can make them. Microsoft, you're like, oh, they're Halo. But then you're in the back of your head, you're like, everyone hated Halo 5. Uh, okay, so I shouldn't really be all that excited because obviously they can shit the bed on Halo, so they can shit the bed on anything. Mm. Um, and then you're like, okay, what about Gears of War? Well, Judgment was horrifying, and... 4 was ho-hum. Four, like, yes, it was okay. Yeah, it, was, it was okay, and that's not okay <laughs> when, when your flagship titles is considered an okay game. So when you start well, dialing it back and you just hear, it's okay, it's okay mm-hmm. for your hardest hitting, your biggest games, it's okay. You don't have an identity, because Xbox is pretty much losing. And now I can understand... That Game Pass is a bold move, and I really like the idea, because it's that Netflix for games. I remember back in the day, all the time, on, like, Show Me Your News, we just kind of say, you know, the the dude-bro culture of the Microsoft games. And I'm like, I don't think that's really Microsoft's anymore. Dude-bro culture is Fortnite now. Uh, You're right there. Uh, And it it does make me wonder if they'll try to latch onto the the Battle Royale uh, sort of thing. I mean, gosh, if they do... If they do something like Halo Battle Royale, it make it would make me concerned for what's happening with Six because we are certainly overdue uh, when you space out all yeah. the the mainline games, and we're overdue for at least hearing about mm-hmm. Six. So, uh, yeah, that does that does concern me. I, I'm trying to think of like when you think of protagonists, and uh, you know, because Sony, it's clear. Nintendo, it's clear. Gears of War, Marcus's son, JD, like not the best, most memorable protagonist. Uh, Forza, yeah. Uh, car like <laughs> yeah, i mean great it's games uh, forza great games but a very niche audience that you know really enjoys yeah. racing uh and yeah when you're trying to mix in lock 
so much uh, for for five. Okay, it, it was it was Agent Lock. Why did so, they go for Lock? I, yeah, I don't know. Why did I don't they know. go for Lock? They have Chief. They have all the people from the books that everyone should be super excited about that they did nothing with. Mm-hmm. And like. God, he's one of my favorite characters. I'm driving Buck. a drawing a blank on his name. Buck, thank you. Yeah. Eddie Buck. Oh, sorry. I was thinking Eddie Brock. I'm like, that's not right. That's not right. That's not <laughs> nope, right. nope, nope, nope. Yeah, I'm, I'm just I'm I'm, now I'm, thinking I'm, of the I'm Venom right. with the teeth now. And, uh. <laughs> yeah, right. So, yeah, Eddie Buck. Uh, here's your character. You fleshed him out already. He's interesting. Everyone loves him. He's voiced by Nathan Goddamn Fillion. You've got star power, and you give it to Locke. Oh no, Buck's just a, he's a side character. He's got a couple quippy lines here and there, and that's it. <laughs> yeah. Like, who is Locke? For the love of God. Uh, they built, they built up the, the podcast with, you know, Find the Truth or whatever they had called it, and mm-hmm. had this big drag story, and oh man. It, it, it's just a complete and utter loss of identity. And it's so weird that Dude Bro Culture was the Microsoft identity, and they don't even have that anymore. Mm-hmm. It got me so not excited. And, you know, I, everyone's af- afraid of, you know, a Battle Royale-style Halo. And I'm like, that actually could work pretty well. I mean, if you're trying to play Halo in a Battle Royale-style of 100 people playing Halo all at once, that's kind of cool. Like, I think they could do something kind of interesting with that form- with that formula. In the back of my head, I don't think it's a Halo thing. But I do think it's a Gears thing. Mm, 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 interesting. And that's the tough it's thing when you have two form. shooter franchises. Yeah, like, what do you mm-hmm. do? Especially if it was kind of based in this indoor-outdoor model of a destroyed cityscapes or something like that. Um, something with a lot of tight and cores, and, um, but then big wide open areas with solid um, cover for both, um, you know, on the outside, like with just like bus, like a bus stop area where you just can't shoot through a roof or something like that. Uh, something with enough cover to really allow it so sniper play isn't the only thing that matters. Right, like, right. Or, or 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 riding rockets, I guess, is another thing. But that's more of a Fortnite thing, at least I hope. Mm. Yeah, I, that's really interesting. I didn't think that you know, like, oh yeah, if they're going to talk Gears of War five, yeah, a battle royale would make sense there. Especially, since yeah, it's more like more or less just like a horde mode. Yeah, yeah. Every horde person is a person. Oh yeah, that good old horde mord. Uh, you know, but a bit Halo Battle Royale, like that would be the first battle royale game I'd be interested to try. So it's like it's it's kind of mix and match there. It'd be very interesting. I like overall what Phil Spencer has done. He rescued the Xbox brand from the yeah. you know like TV, TV, sports, sports, sports brand of Don Matrick. Uh, but yeah. he really I think has to set up more the next generation because this one is a wash and i hope it's not we're not talking you know wii u 2016 sparseness uh sort of situation but mm-hmm. that may have to be that way when we opened up we were just like this could go one of two ways and i'm thinking to myself this is only gonna go one way but i really hope it doesn't go like i don't want to be surprised and super hype i know it's odd to say but i don't want to be surprised and super hype what I want to be is put in a place where I'm like, they're going somewhere. Yes. Yeah. They're finally going somewhere with a strong identity. And I want to be able to go Xbox. That's the console I go to. If I want this experience mm. and the PS4 is currently giving me the console that is giving me the experience of some very solid single player games or single player experiences, or just like, Intimate experiences, yeah, I should say. Yeah, yeah. Whereas with Xbox, like I don't even see it as the multiplayer console because you play Destiny and all these other games um, that are massively multiplayer on the PS4 as well. Mm-hmm. In fact, I would think that Destiny is probably doing better on PS4. Oh, Xbox. yeah, they had the promotion dollars behind it for sure. Mm-hmm. So I, in that note, it's just kind of like <laughs> I just want Xbox to walk away not with, hey, we've got this really cool looking game, Gears War game, and this. Halo game and look Ori's coming I'm like I want them to walk away so that's the console I'm going to get if I want this mm, yeah yeah and I would I would love to see them you know be fully confident and have faith behind the services they're offering make that push to say hey all Xbox Live Gold members you have Games Pass included like or something to that extent mm-hmm. I mean that would that would really be a good sign of what's going forward for Microsoft absolutely 
Right. Honestly, I feel like they're going to increase Xbox Live Gold, mm, but then yeah. include Game Pass sure, with it. Sure, sure. So the year will cost, instead of $60, $80? Yeah, I could see that, and I'd be okay with it. Yeah. Still, So still allow people to pay monthly for just the Xbox Live service, but if you want more than that, you have to get the Games um, Pass service. The kind of hint that this is the direction they want to move forward. So that's what I would say is what I expect from Games Pass and Xbox Live Gold moving forward is a bundled service that's more expensive, but because of the features, everyone's going to go, you know what, that's okay, that's fine. Hmm. Yeah, there, there's so much to consider with Microsoft. It's, it's making me actually really excited for their conference overall. There's a, there's lots to talk about and so many directions they could go. Well, Miles, thank you so much for calling in. Uh, you know, Really no good to catch up with you. Time. Yeah, great to catch up with you, and uh, we'll be talking more soon. I hope so. Uh, maybe we can talk about Smash. Hey. I don't think anyone really talks about it. No, days. no, I'm sure very soon we'll have lots to talk about with Smash Brothers. Yeah, I'm sure. Sometime, <laughs> uh, I hope next time you'll be able to show me your... <laughs> all right take it easy man all right peace well guys thanks so much for calling in really really appreciate that when we come back I'll talk about the games i've been playing one that i did end up beating surprisingly i thought it would take the whole month but it didn't uh and then we'll talk about what's coming up this week that's when we come back you're on the power switch Welcome back to the Power Switch. This week's Tempo Control music is brought to you by Tatsunoko vs. Capcom. You can find a new video game music top 10 list from a specific game soundtrack every Tuesday over at youtube.com slash rhymeswithasia. So what have I been playing? Of course I've been playing that God of War. And uh, I beat God of War. I thought it'd be like, oh, I'd chip a little bit here and there. I don't have that much time. I'll, it'll take me the whole month. Maybe I'll lead up to Detroit and I'll, I'll be playing until then. Nope, I started playing it in three-hour chunks and I beat it in a rather short period of time. Honestly, I love the game. It is my prohibitive game of the year right now. I mean, granted, not much else is coming. You can say, you know, Celeste is up there. Uh, some people really like Monster Hunter World, but this is the game of the year to beat. Much like, you know... Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild last year, like, put it down. Like, this is on that masterpiece level, uh, and it's going to be tough to beat. Granted, Super Smash Brothers, if it comes out in 2018, yeah, I, I may like that more. I, I have that soft spot for Smash Brothers. Uh, but, I mean, gosh, Red Dead Redemption 2 is going to be probably in that contention as well. But, man, God of War was for real goddamn good. Um, of course... No spoilers. Go play that game. Go watch spoiler cast. I mean, Corey Barlog did great PR to it. I think game companies should take an example, developers, publishers, what have you, take an example of what Corey Barlog was doing on the PR front, going around talking up the game for one before launch, and then after launch, doing spoiler casts with different influencer communities. I mean, kind of funny, easy ally. It's IGN, GameStop, I mean, all, all over. Uh, and really, it's it's what those communities need after you beat a game like that. Um, if you are big into Norse mythology, I think you will kind of see more of where the twists and turns of the game are going. Because I think they did a really good job with, granted, yes, they did take creative liberties on certain characters. But they kind of stuck to what Norse mythology was pretty well. And that's, you know, someone for... I don't have much interest in it, but you know, kind of reading after the fact, it's like, oh yeah, they kind of, kind of followed some threads here pretty well, and you know, I think they did a great job of setting up future games. You even hear Corey Barlog talk about how, yeah, we wanted to do this and we wanted to go, you know, big and bigger, but then we realized we're we're already in game two. So yeah, scale it down, make it more of an intimate setting, talking about the family bonds and what parents do for their children. I, I think that was really really powerful. Uh, great ending moments, of course. Uh, do know there is a secret ending. I missed the secret ending. Had to look up and say that there was one. And oh, so I, I was playing up until midnight, and you know to get that initial you know roll credits, and and you go back and kind of the uh, the transport room, and then it's like okay, save, turn off, and then it's like oh, go back home. Uh, oh, okay, all right. So definitely, definitely do that. Love, love, love God of War. That's 
one with a bullet right now on my uh, game of the year of 2018 list. So we'll see if that is beaten. Starting Final Fantasy VII as well. Uh, I also do a podcast with my wife called A Dramatic Reading, where every week we read a piece of erotic fan fiction from fanfiction.net, and we pick a different pop culture topic every week. Uh, so we're on social media there at Dramatic Read. It's still a, a new YouTube channel, so it may be tough to search a Dramatic Reading, so there's no custom URL yet, but if you want to do Dramatic Read on social media, if you're interested, if that sounds like something interesting to you where we uh, pick bad fan fiction and read and riff on it. But yeah, so this past week was Final Fantasy VII, and so talking about it, it's like, oh, it's, that's a game we can play together. So about an hour and change into that, like really early, just got to like the beginner uh, section, that little save point there where you could ask the the characters there and have all that that list of beginner questions. So still very early, kind of trying to make some more work into that. Is that's even now the farthest I've gotten into Final Fantasy VII. So some more progress to be done there. Games coming out this week, Tuesday, May eighth is a big day. We got four notable games there. First of all, Conan Exiles. Uh, been an early access game for a while. I may have even talking about on the power switch. We were talking about like one of the, the callers called in. I was talking about the early access for Conan Exiles. Finally coming out on PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Pillars of Eternity 2 Deadfire. This is the sequel to the uh, isometric RPG Pillars of Eternity. So that's coming to PC. The new expansion for Destiny 2. I mean, God, trying to keep that community alive. This is Warmind. So that's coming to PS4, Xbox One, and PC on Tuesday, May 8th. Uh, interesting things with Destiny 2 as well. Uh, Activision did not include Destiny 2 features and sales and revenue and all that in their call. Uh, it seems like that has greatly, greatly disappointed them. Not only that, but Humble, in their Humble Monthly bundle, as uh, Matt was referencing on the show, um, they're having Destiny 2 included. This month, Destiny 2 on PC, you get it through, you know, the battle.net, of course. But yeah, for $12, you can say, oh, get uh, get Destiny 2 right now on PC and other games for the month when they reveal that at the end of the month. So Destiny 2, struggling, uh, will be interesting when big games of a service like, uh, you know, uh, The Division 2, when Ubisoft reveals that at this year's E3, like... How are they going to mix that up? Is that a game that gets a battle royale or something like that? So surprising that Destiny 2 is struggling, but the new expansion there. And then also Tacoma. Uh, Tacoma, originally on Xbox One and PC. This is from Fulbright. Uh, Gone Home was their original breakout hit. So this is the sequel from the makers of Gone Home. Uh, I liked Tacoma when I played it on PC. It's a short game. Uh, You kind of explore a space station and you're recreating... AI uh, kind of replications of what happened on this space station to make it so deserved. You have to kind of piece the story together. I mean, gosh, a two or three hour game, maybe at most, not a very long game, but it's now coming to PS4 on May 8th. So check that out if that interests you and you liked Gone Home. That'll do it for this episode of The Power Switch. We are hosted by RhymesWithAsia.com and we're on YouTube and Twitch at Rhymes with Asia. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at The Power Switch. I am at Pete Speakeasy. You can email us any questions, concerns, comments, or opportunities at powerswitchpod at gmail.com. And you can subscribe to The Power Switch on podcast services such as Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher. And if you could be so kind as to leave a review, that would really help as well. Most importantly, to participate in future episodes, you should join our community on Discord by visiting rhymeswithasia.com slash call. Now, it's a small but growing community, so now is the perfect time to have your voice heard on this podcast. Uh, if you want a YouTube video to watch, check out Jim Sterling's uh, Jimquisition recently on Harry Potter and the Crock of Shit. Uh, on this show a couple episodes ago, I mentioned that there's a Harry Potter mobile game, Harry Potter Hogwarts Mystery, that's coming out. And I said, it'd be, it'd be interesting to keep your eye on this game and see what happens. Because, uh, you know, it's, it's Harry Potter. It's, it's a big brand. Well, I did not realize, and I don't think many people realized, that it would be remembered for being a horrific microtransaction, all of the worst things about microtransactions in mobile games. Um, even when it's starting as, you know, the avatar you make attending school is strangled and, and choked by vines. And to free them, you can either wait or you can pay money. You know, just kind of hold you at ransom like that. And that's the first 
really experience that you can get, and it just gets worse and worse. Check out Jim Sterling's video there in the show notes. Uh, definitely recommend it. It's kind of horrifying. So I think Tuesday, or Saturdays, 2 p.m., I think that can work pretty well. I you know, got some good turnout here for this one. I'm definitely happy with that. You know, with, with the Sony one, I had to record on a Thursday night. That, that may be a little rough, but we'll see if uh, you know, a big news story comes along. We have to record on a weeknight. Uh, see how that works out to get get people talking. But this uh, this is this is a good episode. I'm I'm happy with this one for sure. So stay tuned to our Discord channel as everything develops. And regardless whether it's live or on your own time, I look forward to you joining us for our next episode. With that, I am Peter Spasia. Until next time, switch up, call in, game on. <laughs>